You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at two, five, ten, or twenty-five dollars and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. I saw a tweet the other day. It said, Agatha Christie, happy birthday to her. She was born 132 years ago today. And one of you reading this tweet killed her. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. I, I like, love that. She would have loved that. Yeah, yeah she, she would, would have. have. <laughs> she would be on Twitter, too. I, I imagine that. Hey, I imagine you know, that. if I don't see a body, how are you going to convince me she's actually dead? <laughs> exactly, yeah. And I always, I grew up loving Agatha Christie and just this style of murder mystery, even if it's not straight Agatha Christie, all the stuff that was inspired by Agatha Christie, Mm -hmm. including one of my favorite comedies as a kid, Clue, which is like Mm -hmm. the most Agatha Christie comedy ever, except for maybe Murder by Death. I just came from a, uh, uh, an Alamo Clue movie party tonight. And so I'm Clue, I'm on, I've got Clue on the brain. In fact, on my Bumble profile, the two truths and a lie sort of thing. And when they use Bumble knows that is. Uh, one of them is uh, I can recite the movie Clue from beginning to end. Yeah. And my current boyfriend swiped right on me and he came with me tonight and I told him, you know, you swiped right. I'm going to fucking quote this <laughs> you movie. You were going to Clue. And I, I did. Mean, that, that probably weeded out a lot of people. Yeah. Right it did. Yeah. 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 Like nerd. Swipe left. <laughs> oh, our, our buddy Wright just actually last, I think it was last weekend, went to go see a live stage performance of Clue. Oh, jealous. It's, like, it, like, it's, it's a must. It, yeah. But jealous. Agatha Christie now, of course, has got having kind of a comeback with two yeah. mediocre versions of her movies. <laughs> one really great, one just shit. No, they're both awful, Frank. I'm sorry. Now, they're Chris. They're both awful. Now, yeah. one has more highlights than the other. <laughs> but also, you got Ryan highlights? Johnson. Yeah, well, one has Michelle Pfeiffer. Frank, I think they're not talking about no. their hair. We don't care about her highlights. Lights, which I'm sure were fabulous. Yeah, yeah. I know how you are with Michelle Pfeiffer. It's almost like like you're addicted to crank or something. The way you, you oh, your wow. reality changes. When Frank's highlights, I mean, she was on the screen at all. There's the highlights. Yeah, well, yeah, well it's, it's what Kenneth Branagh is a good director. Agatha Christie Can has be. come back though. I mean, you, yeah. yeah, Chris is right. And also look at what you know uh, Ryan Johnson is doing mm-hmm. with the Knives Out series, which yep. is kind of an update of the old Agatha Christie. And from what I gather, David O. Russell's upcoming film, Amsterdam, kind of plays in that sort of period mystery drama. Which, we, we, you know, we've also got Only Murders in the Building. So the whodunit, yeah, uh, the whodunit genre the, is still yeah, alive. Even if like they're not all... I mean, the Agatha Christie is more like, here's the one brilliant detective who, yeah. who's quirky and calls everyone like, in the room and eventually the butler did it. By the way, I found this out the other day. Do you know no one knows... The first example of the butler did it. Mm. The, the <laughs> earliest example we can find of it is a, a literary magazine commenting on the tr- overused trope right. of the butler did. It was already a <laughs> That's trope. Funny. Yeah. That's funny. That's hilarious. It, what I love about this movie with this whole trope, though, is they even call it out in like the first act where they're doing the whole detective monologue. He's like, look. It's an Agatha Christie play. It's boring as shit. We know what happens. Someone's going to die. They're going to get everyone in a room. It's the last person you goddamn think who did it. It's like, 
Well, yes, that, that is what we're here for. Thank you. Because we're not actually reviewing an Agatha Christie movie, but we're reviewing a meta Agatha Christie movie. Very meta. Movie called See How They Run. That's uh, written by Mark Chappell, directed by Tom George. A murder takes place during the pro- or post the production of a Agatha Christie play, The Mousetrap. And we see this from the beginning from the viewpoint of... Uh, Adrian Brody, who is a hotshot film director, Leo Kopernik, American director, showed up to this English production and the, the post-play party. And he's very confrontational. He's a big alcoholic drunk. He's starting shit with everyone, including the, the, the play's star, Richard, a young Richard yeah, Attenborough. Well, I have to use an actual actor as well. That know, is an actual, he, he, we, we need to give this one little bit of context. That is a real stage play that is yeah. still running to this oh, day. I think everyone knows was, that. that and, it's, it's I think quite, a lot of people might not. I think and, it's quite famously. I mean, I mean but it's important to realize that it is playing with this idea of like, this is all real. Except for all the characters who aren't and the murder that didn't actually right. happen. Well, the but, idea is that, like, he's narrating it, he's telling you the story, and then very quickly you realize, okay, they're playing with us because he very shortly into this himself gets actually <laughs> murdered. And you're like, oh, it's going to be one of those kind of movies. And it introduces uh, Sam Rockwell's Inspector Stoppard and his assistant, Constable Stalker, played by Saoirse Ronan. Gotta love that surname. Right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> he is a tired... I don't even want to be here today, <laughs> detective. We're not really sure of what his deal is, but he clearly is not super into it's this. Perpetually hungover. And he's also exhausted by the idea that he has to work with this young policewoman who is like being his boss to tell him, yeah, yeah, we're all, it's all about like putting women in the police force now, according to the, the, the mayor. So you've got to, you got to help her. She's going to be your assistant. And she's all like, oh, she's all in. I think, you and can- she's not played like to, to be the super brilliant person or that who's secretly solving everything. But she's not dumb, but no. she's so excited she actually does stumble on stuff, and they kind of make a good team together. But Her whole I, thing, though, is she keeps going, oh, so we found a bit of evidence that points at that person, so they're definitely the killer. But she the, tends the, to, to jump quote, to quote, to quote, Lou, to, to quote Lou Grant, she's got spunk. She, but, <laughs> she, I hate spunk. She's I hate supposed spunk, to be you, you as like also, a 12-year-old reading Agatha Christie books going, ah, so was David in the library? No, David was actually there with his boyfriend. You could, no! You, you could actually make a drinking game by the time, amount of time she says, sir. In yeah. this movie. We watch you know, them sort of go through interview to interview, location to location, trying to figure out who is the killer as the killer starts killing more people, uh, obviously amongst the suspects. And there's a lot of interesting actors that are here among said suspects, including Ruth Wilson, Reese Shearsmith, Harry Dickinson, David Oyelowo, Charlie Cooper. Uh, and eventually we get, I love Shirley Henderson. We never see her in anything, but she no, has a nice little appearance yes, as exactly. Agatha Christie herself yes. in here. Oh, I was not going to reveal that because well, in the credits, she simply listed as the Dame. Oh, fair enough. I didn't realize that was, but it's not like a huge shocker, right? I mean, the whole thing is central Agatha Christie. Yeah, you're not surprised when she shows up. Either way, this is a very light, frothy, super meta comedy about Agatha Christie mysteries. And, and about even like the production of an Agatha Christie movie or sure. show okay. as well. About Meta, I guess, I guess. Well, I'm saying they get meta about like script writing of a movie sure. and stuff as well quite a few times. Uh, honestly, <laughs> I was super excited about this because this t- sounds like totally up my alley. And I think by the end, I was like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but I'm Chris, and that's just one opinion. Joining me is Ben, Frank, and Marco. That was, I felt uh, bad because I was like, I came out going like, yeah. 
I can't say I even liked it, liked it, but I'm glad I saw it because it's the performances are fun and there's some cool parts, but there are moments. I think a lot of the comedy fell so flat to me that Absolutely. I literally. So, so let's yeah, start yeah, rolling like, into like, your like, final like, thoughts. Like there's yeah. no, no, because <laughs> it does, review. I think the comedy is one of the biggest stumbling blocks here because it goes from, it tries, you know, from slapstick to wordplay to farce and it just, the jokes are so easy. They're so cheap. They're so obvious. Uh, you can see them coming a while away. And I, I hate that. That feels condescending. And, you know, none of them are funny. I didn't have a solid laugh. Oh, I at, have. At all, at yeah, all I, this thing. I think it, it, it just feels, it feels so cheap. It just feels so cheaply done in terms of, um, in, in, you know, in terms of I, the, the effect. And it's such a bad sign when you, when you can even tell where the characters are going to look next on camera. I, I just don't think that there was anything imaginative here from uh, from from the humor aspect or from the mystery aspect. Well, to be I honest, think all yeah. the cleverness and wit was in the structure and in this sort of meta approach. Mm. But this really could have benefited from you know doing some comedy punch up, and you have a, yes. a great cast, this wonderful ensemble, and like any Agatha Christie themed project, you need an enormous ensemble of potential suspects and victims. They have a great cast. But only a few of them seem to be on the same page. Like, it's really weird to see Sam Rockwell, who's usually so hyper in his movies, yeah. playing like the lowest energy guy. <laughs> yeah, he is absolutely. Yeah, he almost feels miscast because everybody is British uh, except for Adrian Brody's character, who's like the you know obnoxious Philistine American from abroad. But everybody else here is British, and it just seems like, well, we need an American on the call sheet to get some distribution deal or something, and Rockwell was available. And Colin He's Firth wasn't. He's really good in this, uh, but for me, like, Siorzi uh, Ronan... Saoirse. Saoirse. I never can get her name right. <laughs> She's fantastic in this, as this sort of daffy, starstruck, you know, eager beaver wannabe detective, yeah. paired with this... You know, more experienced it's guy. A, it's a shame watching But David Oyelowo, you know, is like great in this. When the actors but, commit to being broad and over the top, the comedy Marco, works. What, wasn't it like a shame to watching the two of them together? Because I think I, I agree that he is deeply miscast in this. So I, I just, he's, he's not a bad actor. I think his win, his Oscar win was one of my favorite wins of that year. And he's such a dynamic actor. But here, he just seems ill-fitted with that character. It's not a bad character. He's not a bad actor by any means. But they it just, just feels like a it's waste a mismatch. of his talent. And where Saoirse yeah. Ronan, she's so game. And she's so plucky right. and, and and spunky and yeah. whatever you want to call her. And the two of them together, the characters as written, have a really great dynamic together. But watching the two actors try to make that work on the screen... It just didn't. I, I would have I almost rather seen Rockwell cast in the Adrian Brody role. Yeah. Ah, yes. I, yes. I almost think what they really needed to capitalize on Rockwell was to have his character have a few moments where he really shines as a detective because they show by the end, yes, he is a solid detective. He's just kind of burnt out. And it's like, cool, putting you in a social runner where it's like, Give him a chance to like show her up instead of just like pull her back for the, because that's the only times I think their comedy actually really pulls off where it's just like, no, he could pull off that grumbly, like, nah, quite yet. And yet, the, they're to me the strongest part of this film are the scenes with the two of them interacting. Yeah. Cause yeah. you were yeah. saying the humor worked for you on the meta level. I thought that was the weakest part. I was annoyed by the meta-ness cause it was all so predictable and tired. The stuff <laughs> they were doing, like, look, you remember how that part we said that earlier? Now how we're actually doing it? It's like, yeah. People have been doing this for like sixty sure. years. Did like, you, I had a some of that. Actually, I was like, can, can, do you feel that way when that that sequence when what was happening on the stage with the audience watching the play was happening in real time? Yes, behind the scenes, especially. Yes. Okay, like especially, uh, especially. Yeah. That. I liked, okay. uh, I liked the last 
big scene and how they twisted with things on that. I thought that was a good twist of it because that one they had some fun with callbacks and also how they changed that dynamic. It that just, was enjoyable. But also on felt, paper, like that it's not nothing it, in this one was executed that well. It just felt so obvious. It was just so on the nose. And I was like, okay. It's like when someone is you ever see someone so convinced that they're being super clever and funny <laughs> and precious and yet you're yes. like this is okay, and you have to sit there and politely watch, you know, like a, like a really mediocre like poet on stage or something, <laughs> yeah. you know. You're like, oh, okay, good I, job. I, I, I think felt the, like yeah. that. <laughs> I, I think structurally, it it did work for me. Uh, I agree that the comedy isn't as good, and if the comedy had been as sharp, then that structure, as meta as it gets, that would have worked. Uh, we were talking earlier about other films that aren't particularly great, but because of the chemistry of the cast and everybody's on the same page, then that will forgive a lot of sins. And it's a shame because you do see like David Oyelowo, Shorsa Ronan, and certainly Shirley Henderson, they all get, oh, we're doing this really broad, over-the-top type thing, and everyone else seems like they're kind of hovering just above masterpiece theater production. And oh, that's way you, more credit. You, you needed Clue. You needed the weird daffiness of the Clue cast, I, and that would have made it, this. I was thinking, let's bring this down. Let's, let's bring this down SNL level at least, please. It felt no. like they were aiming between Clue and Knives Out, and they just found there actually is not a spot there. I, I gotta say, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Without like delving into it too much, because for spoiler, there's also just a supposed to be semi twist scene where there's a fallout between the two leads, and that just <laughs> yes didn't work no. at no, all and it almost no. it almost made that character come off as so much worse and stupider than they are when they've built them up so well and i'm just like but it's also obvious the that they're, scene they're, they're, they're buying time that's what i'm saying just, that was that was, it, it the, was the one the that second I hated act complication the most. and and again i would have liked it if they had just got into it sooner and got it out of the way yes. because when you finally get to the third act you start to get into the agatha christie territory it's like i've gathered all these people today in this remote location and you're going to get through it and, you know, solve the case. And they also bring in new characters who like, well, who the hell are these people? It kind of fell apart for me in that final act because I had kind of wanted a conventional whodunit. That's what I thought I was getting. And then maybe without spoiling anything, maybe they took some of the Adrian Brody characters notes a little too much to heart. Yeah, I think that if we had if that final act had been used as a framing device and everything had taken place, I'd been centered around that gathering. That would have been a little bit more interesting to watch. I think that this movie like grasp for straws. I mean, they do split screens for that, which, which do nothing at all for the proceedings. Constantly trying so hard to show you how clever it is. Yeah, exactly. And it's never really very clever. They throw in an Adrian Brody narration, which, again, does nothing for the movie. I mean, it's the kind of movie where... It's the kind of movie where a pompous playwright says, what am I going to do? Like, just put three weeks ago a title card and then a flashback? That's a hack trick that only a cheap (laughs) screenwriter would do. And then, of course, you get the title card. Three weeks ago. Maybe I'm easier. Maybe I came with lower expectations. I got a small chuckle from that. I I rolled my eyes. I didn't think it was was (laughs) clever or anything. I was just like, all right, you're trying some things. I mean, look, it's not brilliant in any regard. I came in with the same high hopes Chris did where I'm like, I love so much of this cast and I love, you know, a whodunit mystery. Please be good. But then also, like, the fact that we weren't getting a theater screening of this made me go, like, you don't have a lot of faith. Well, they did offer screeners, at least. So you never can tell. True. That's true. But I was like, 
We this did. We didn't get. Odd. We didn't get. A, we didn't get a screening for. Don't worry, darling. Yeah. Well, that speaks from something there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Ben, why don't you go into your final thoughts? Sure. I think it's pretty clear. All of us love all the stuff that this is trying to pull from. We think there's definitely a lot that does a lot better at this than this. But I didn't come in with like incredibly high expectations. I came in saying I want a fun romp. I like the Adrian Brody narration at the beginning. He's having fun with it. He's giving it his all. I think there's some jokes here that hit. Yeah, there's a lot that is kind of telegraphed, but it's almost kind of like, you know, I saw, we see it coming from Disney and it's going to be on Disney Plus at some point. It's like going, okay, cool. This is supposed to be like that family friendly kind of murder mystery. It's like, yeah, get the kids to learn about it for the first time. I don't know. You're never too young to learn about murder. Yeah. I mean, in America? No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, man. Shots fired. Uh, but no, I honestly, like, look, my parents are the, the parents that like group on mystery shows. Like I went to visit them and they're still watching like BBC Poirot from like <laughs> the past that like the BBC, like murder in paradise still going on. Those are fun. I still love those. This is probably about as clever as some of those, which is not saying to its credit because <laughs> those, if you've ever watched like the BBC mystery shows still on like that, they are campy as hell. They are pretty telegraphed. And it is like I joked about earlier in the movie jokes about, it is always the last person that you think it would be is the killer. So you already can kind of guess who the killer is or have a good shot at it. But I had fun with it. I like that last act where they're pulling from Adrian Brody's mind, essentially, and they're riffing on that. And they parody some of that. I enjoy this movie. It's not brilliant. It's not for everyone. But if you're going to see it streaming, I got to give it seven out of ten couches to be posed on. Frank? Yeah, I, I, I think at the end of the day, I really, I love this genre, the murder mystery comedy too much to want to see anybody see it done at this base of a level or this sloppy of a level, this uninspired of a level. And that's, you know, that that's, that's really what this is. Uh, there are some things that do work here. I think that in spite of how much this movie fails, ultimately, I really got it. I really feel the, uh, the spirit of everybody trying of everybody genuinely believing that they were doing something something great, even though it, it did end up inspired and all the above and everything. I really, yeah, I mean, I mean, um, I also think that this movie is gorgeous. It is so lush. It is so, you know, this takes place in 1950s London. 1950s London was not a glamorous and lush place. You know, that was, you know, that was the decade of rebuilding after the Blitz and everything. And, um, and I love that this was the imagined 1950s, London glamour and you know flair and panache and everything you want to call it uh, type world. Uh, that was really really great to absorb, but um, the mystery is so non-involving. Like you know you you get the sense that they didn't even care who who done it because at the end it doesn't matter because you don't even care who did it. Yeah, I uh, almost immediately forgot who did it. Right, <laughs> exactly. I was like, oh, okay, we have a we have a bot. You can read an Agatha Christie novel during this entire thing and still not be surprised who done it at the end of this one. Um yeah, like I said, I like the genre too much for this uh for this to uh to exist. Um I'm not sorry I watched it, but at the same time I guess I kinda am sorry I watched it. <laughs> especially because I like all these actors. I especially want to give a shout out to Harris Dickinson, who is a really great um up and coming young actor. He, you know, was he played John Paul Getty the third in that FX uh, Getty miniseries called Trust. Uh, you know, he's been in uh, Beach Rats. It's a great indie movie a few years ago from Neon. He was in Maleficent 2 as the prince. You know. um, he does a great job as this sort of smarmy young Richard Attenborough who thinks he's got everybody pegged. 
other than that, I, I, I really don't see any reason to uh, keep on wasting my breath on this movie. So I'm going to give this uh, five out of ten times. You should watch the 2015 version of And Then There Were None, which was um, a, a miniseries that was, that was for BBC, which was one of Agatha Christie's best uh, novels. And it's a great adaptation. It's really dark. It's true Christie. It's not comedy. It's not frothy. It's pure murder mystery whodunit. And it's amazing. And it's better than this piece of shit. Anyway. (laughs) Mark I mean, this is the kind of movie where the inspector character comes out, introduces himself as Inspector Stoppard. And my first thought is, I wonder if that's a reference to the British playwright Tom Stoppard. And then later on, a character says... He was a real hound inspector. And I'm like, okay, that nails it because it's a reference to The Real Inspector Hound by Tom Stoppard, which is also a meta comedy about a whodunit to critics watching a stage play and who get involved in the story. That's a long way of saying this is the kind of thing that pushes Marco's buttons and makes him happy. I'm like, oh, I like (laughs) these things. You know, I love the little references. Shorzy Ronan is fantastic in this. Uh, she's wonderful and she lit up the screen every time she was in it and I just wish I would be happy to watch another show with the, the those two characters maybe not this story again mm. but I did like those characters and I liked her enough to see her come back you know she's the kind of person who would like somebody says oh yes I did it she's like I put you under arrest like no 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 he was just, that's just the same he didn't really do it uh, <laughs> and she's such an eager beaver that she just makes me laugh every time she jumps to the wrong conclusions I had a lot of fun with this. I'm not going to oversell it. This isn't reinventing the wheel. I think if it had come out 20, 30 years ago, we'd be talking about it very differently. Mm. I think because it came out now, it kind of feels like other people have gotten there. And now this is sort of well-trodden ground. But, you know, uh, for me, this is a good movie to watch on a drizzly, lazy Sunday when you don't feel like going out. And you just, you just want to have a cup of tea and watch something <laughs> pleasant. And pretty for an did hour and a half. This movie make you British? It did. Right about London. <laughs> I, I, so I feel so British right now. I'm going to attack a third world country and steal all their spices. Um, oh. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it too soon? Uh, uh, anyway, the Queen was coffin. only dead for a week before you made that joke, Marco. That was wow. her whole childhood. Or Give me some too hey, soon. I showed some restraint. That was a whole week, Ben. Man, don't don't <laughs> shit on the queen, okay? I mean, fucking, I love We Are the Champions. That's right. <laughs> you know. Look, the corgis are still in charge. We're fine. <laughs> Actually, the corgis are going to be buried with her. That's yes. Oh, Marco. Egyptian style. They're gonna, yes. they, how is she going to go into the afterlife without her corgi? It was actually it was actually the only thing she had in her will was the corgis come with me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like I said, this is if you got Disney Plus. I'm not saying go and pay money at the see it at the theater. If you got it on Disney Plus, uh, Disney Plus and it shows up and, you know, it's a lazy day and you just want something pleasant to watch for a little while, check it out. I give this 7 out of 10 homemade jigsaw puzzles. I think the thing is, is like for people who are very like big film watchers, I think most of them are going to go, yes, I've seen everything this movie has done already by other people, other films and done better. This is, as you said, 20, 30 years ago, it might have been a different story. Now it's like, really? This just kind of comes across as lazy screenwriting. I mean, not even kind of, like literally comes across as lazy screenwriting. It's not very good, but it's structurally just fine. Everything about here is like, 
okay, if this was your final thesis in script writing school that you presented, <laughs> you'd probably get a B. You'd be like, they'd be like, that's a passing grade for sure, but nobody's going to pick it. Well, Have actually you been to film school film. or read those scripts? This is probably a B plus. <laughs> oh, oh right. God, that's depressing. Uh, it's a movie that you take your grandmother to go see, right? Your grandmother who d- hasn't watched like every Martin Scorsese film and, and, and you know, but does watch those BBC shows. Who's going to like, it was so charming and cute. I loved it. There's people I know who are like not super film literate who are going to eat this up, are going to totally adore it. For me, and I think people like me, generally speaking, this was, this is just dull. The one highlight really is the relationship between the the two detectives, which I had fun with. While I agree that Sam Rockwell is miscast, I don't think he's hurting the part by being in it. I think (laughs) he does great in it. The problem is, is that he's capable of so much more than what this part is allowed or asked of to do. And you're like, man, this is not really a Rockwell style part. Why, why mm. would, didn't you get somebody else who would be better suited to Colin it? Colin Firth. I don't know. Somebody Colin else. Firth could have been really Colin fun. Colin Firth probably would have been good in this. But either way, they are the most charming part of this movie. I would watch another movie written by someone else entirely, hopefully, who, <laughs> that followed another adventure of those two characters together. But this is just, it's just not funny, and it's kind of it hurts me when the movie is like when any movie is like trying to be funny, and it almost like looks at you and is like ah ah, mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. movie does that repeatedly, mm-hmm. like it wants your approval so desperately, Ugh. and I'm just like oh my god, this is sad that how bad how needy <laughs> this movie is. <laughs> I, I it's again, it's not that it's terrible. It's just with my experience, this is not made for me at all. It's almost like a, it's both an Agatha Christie starter set uh, or like star- type movie starter set. And also, I guess for people who that's the only thing they've ever really liked, but aren't terribly critical. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I, I didn't care for it really, but there's nothing wrong with it. I would never get mad at anybody who did like it. I was like, yeah, sure. I get it. It's just definitely not for me. So I'm going to give this uh four and a half out of 10. Um, you know what? The moments I wish that Adrian Brody was in this more because he's actually one of the best characters in it because yeah. he's just he's so animated. Awesome. He's hamming it up, yeah. but the way Love that it. you're like, I can't wait to see what he's going to do next. Mm. Everybody else, you're like, you're just not very likable. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I can't remember the last time I got to see Adrian Brody just cut loose like this in a movie. This yeah. like, Seriously. And it's like, dude, you're just having so much fun. Like, I, I would watch actually another movie of him playing a character like this. Oh, certainly. Mm. I've always loved Adrian Brody. Oh, I think yeah. he's, he's a tremendously yeah. underrated actor that, you know, often comes in and plays key supporting roles in movies that you're like, this works because of this small Adrian Brody role. This does not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 